0: Episode 4 of the State of the Old Republic podcast was originally recorded on September 6th, 2016. It's the State of the Old Republic podcast. go digging for news and come up with a couple of nuggets for Knights of the Eternal Throne. SwoTOR's 5th anniversary celebration continues with a little musical surprise. Also this week, I'll talk about the victorious Pioneer's armor set rewarded from the Dark vs. Light event. And finally, I'll ask the question, is SwoTOR ready for a new class and could there be one in Knights of the Eternal Throne? And with that, it's time to make the jump to lightspeed and check out the State of the Old Republic. Welcome to Episode 4 of the State of the Old Republic Podcast. I am your host, Ted, and as you heard in the opening, I have another terrific show lined up for you today. As always, let's start with some announcements this week, and actually we're pretty light on announcements, but... I do have a dark versus light update and in the battle to acquire Darth Hexid and Master Ranos, The light side is maintaining its slight lead at 52.31% with the dark side continuing to trail at 47.69%. And, you know, we summer's over and we are into September. And we don't know how much longer this event is going to have, but probably not too much longer. So I think if you were rooting for that light side companion... It's probably looking pretty good because I imagine that interest in the whole dark versus light event is beginning to wane. But like I said, you know, if you're rooting for the light side and you are playing, go ahead. Let's make those light side choices. Don't don't ruin the fun. But you know, let's let's go ahead and get master master Rano's. So that's it. That's all the announcements I actually have this week. So with that, as always, let's slice the holonet and review the news this week. So by the time you're listening to this game update four point seven point one will have been released i'm recording this on september sixth uh the h k fifty five chapter shroud of memories is actually going to be released on the seventh the patch notes were released today but you know what i'm gonna save my review and review of the patch notes for episode five which should be out you know in about a week so but you know that's it we're not devoid of news and there is has been a bit of news and to help celebrate Swotor's five-year anniversary, Bioware released five music tracks from the game. Now, these are these are previously unreleased tracks, but they're not new music. I mean, if you played the game specifically, if you played Shadow of Revan, then you'd be very familiar to uh, any and, and all of these tracks. So, and in, in, in here's just a, a brief snippet from, from from one of them. Take a listen. Okay, so that clip you just heard was, was from a track called Shadow of Revan. Uh, the other four pieces of music are titled Oricon, The Dread Fear, Rishi, The Oasis, Yavin 4, The Teeming Jungle, and Zyost, The Grave. So these were posted to the official YouTube channel for Star Wars The Old Republic. I'll post a link for these in the show notes, but they're out there for your listening pleasure. Now, on to Knights of the Eternal Throne. We know that the official data dump for Knights of the Eternal Throne is coming on October 5th or 6th. Anyway, about a month from now, and it's going to be uh, part of the Cantina Cantina Tour associated with New York Comic Con. That said, the folks at Jedipedia and Swotor Hamster have begun data mining information on the expansion And they've pledged to hold off on releasing too much until the official announcement, which I think is kind of cool. But they did tease us with a few little nuggets about the expansion. So keep in mind that none of this is official and it is all subject to change. But here's what they've determined uh, from the expansion. And all this is going to be pretty much spoiler free, by the way. I'm not going to get into anything about story or specific characters, chapter titles, any anything along those lines here. So so you know, no need to to run away. So first, it looks like the level cap is going to increase to 70s. Now, raise your hand if you're surprised to hear this. Yeah, I didn't think so. I mean, a level cap was to be expected, right? They've done it each of their expansions. They've they've gone up 5 levels. So, a level cap to 70 was was absolutely uh, expected this time around. In fact, I would have been surprised if there wasn't going to be a level cap. Uh, crew skills will be, the cap for crew skills will be increased to 600. Again, hands up if you're surprised to hear this. Uh-huh. Yeah, this was expected too, right? Because again, that's typically what they've done. They raised the level cap, they raised the crew skills, we'll get new things to craft. Uh, now here's something that is interesting. They did. They noticed that there were nine new chapters, For the release, sound familiar, and so it's possible that Knights of the Eternal Throne is going to be structured identical to Knights of the Fallen Empire with nine chapters on release and then a little bit of a break, and then with a chapter a month, probably sometime after the new year. Again, I'm just basing that on what they did with Knights of the Fallen Empire, not on any concrete knowledge for Knights of the Eternal Throne. I personally like that format, it gave me a reason to play a little bit each month. I know not everybody cared for it, but I I enjoyed it. I thought that worked out well uh, for me. So if they decide to do that again, hey, uh, that works for me. New endgame gear. So they've, they've noted that the PVE gear, the new PVE gear, will have ratings starting at 236, and then the next level will be 240, and then the top level will be 244. Uh, for PVP, the... Uh, new rating will be 224 and then 228 and for augments the new rating will be 228 now what's the use of end game gear without an end game right well no n- nothing new on actual end game content but they did mention something called uprisings and this will take place on several planets and it will have solo, tactical and hard modes and to me, this sounds a little bit like Star Fortresses meet Flashpoint. I, I doubt that this is an operation of some kind, uh, but it just sounds like it'll be very similar to the Star Fortresses where you had uh, an instance you know, on in different planets, but more or less the same, same map. Uh, and maybe they're going to do it in, a, in, in sort of a Flashpoint style. Again, absolutely no details on what this is about, but that's just... My guess. And and, and so, so that's about it. Right? I mean, they did mention, of course, new companions and a mix of old and new locations coming in Knights of the Eternal Throne. So that was just a little bit of a tease they gave us with the data-mined information. And even though they're actively trying to dig out what they can from from game files, I guess that are maybe around, on the PTS, they're not going to release much else until after uh, Bioware does their official data dump in really, really about a month from now. So, and again, keep in mind this is all very preliminary and very unofficial. And you know, the good news is it really isn't that long a wait until we find out what's happening. So, so that's all the news I have for this week. Let's move on to my first topic, and that is the Victorious Pioneer Armor set that's rewarded from the Dark vs Light event. In the short version is... It's awesome. There are seven pieces in total. Head, chest, legs, gloves, boots, wrist, and belt. It has a three, a five, and a seven-piece set bonus, granting 25% XP bonus for the first three pieces. Or for for three pieces. An additional 15% XP bonus for, if you wear five pieces, that's a five-set bonus, for a total of uh, 40%. And then finally... Uh, there's the 7-piece set bonus, which gives you an additional 10% XP, so for a grand total of a 50% increase to XP. And, of course, the XP bonus stacks with other XP bonuses, so it's really quite a lot. And I think when all is said and done, it's very close to what we had with the 12 times XP events. In fact, it might be more, I'm not sure, but, but, but either way, it is pretty darn good. The set is bind on legacy, and it's moddable. Uh, it should be noted, though, that unlike other moddable gear, it does not have an armor slot, so you cannot put an armoring in it. And the reason for this is it works a lot like the other armor sets that you get, which means the set bonus is not tied to the shell, but rather it's tied to the armoring. You know, Think about those set pieces you get out of operations right you can take out the armoring you can put it in another piece of gear and the set bonus transfers to it so my guess is they didn't want people removing the xp bonus uh from from the armor pieces that that they were giving you they didn't want people messing around it so they just made it so you couldn't add; they you know, they kind of hid the armoring slot, if you will. So there's, so you just can't put an armoring in there, and 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 that's why they did that. So you still get the mod slots and the enhancement slots. Uh, but the good news, though, is that the set has a default armor rating of 128. So it's not zero, even though you don't see that you can't put an armoring in there. So 128 that's about equivalent to around a level 50 character maybe level 48 48 level 50 so once you start to get above level 50 the power diminishes a little bit but at level one and those earlier levels this is freaking amazing so not only do you gain incredible amounts of xp but you're quite powerful early on and of course you can equip this gear at level one once you start putting the mods and enhancements the uh uh, there, you will see a level requirement uh, to, to wear the gear, but not, not a big deal there. And what I realized, too, is that you can buy mods and enhancements from vendors on the fleet for common data crystals, and they are dirt cheap. Two crystals for an item, and this price is the same as you level up, right? There's, there's multiple vendors on the fleet, and starting at level 10, you can buy level 10 mods, and then I think it goes up four levels until you get to about level 52. And then you can buy mods all the way up to level 60, I believe. So the highest rating on a mod would be 190 is what it what it goes. So not bad, not bad, right? And then keep in mind, this isn't end game gear. This is leveling gear. So you can actually keep this gear pretty up to date and current quite easily as you level up from 1 to 65. And the mods and enhancements that you can get from these vendors, they are BOE, so you can buy them with an alt, although you'll have plenty of crystals as you level up. So not the best stats, but again, it's good enough to get you from 1 to 65 without too much trouble, and when you factor in how good companions are now, it really makes leveling easy and fast. My only wish was that this was collection-based and not legacy-based, but I understand why they wanted to do that, since collection items are available for your entire account which goes across servers. So I'm sure that's why they made it legacy. So you only get you only get one set per legacy and you have to pass it around to the other characters and if you have tunes on another server, well you're just going to have to go out and earn your own set on that server for that particular legacy. Something that I'm learned the hard way and I kind of talked about that a little bit last week. So uh, I'll be curious to see if you can get from level 65 to 70 with this gear. I don't think that it will be necessary, but you know, some people like to level up as fast as they can, so you know, I'm I'm sure you probably could use this gear, although I don't think it would be nearly as as good as what you're currently wearing now. So that's it for the armor set. Uh like I said, I think it's really really good and if you haven't, you know, completed your dark versus light achievements, I would I would highly recommend you go out there and at least get this set of gear because if you ever want to level up tunes it's real. It's really great to have. It's one of these nice, real good perks, real good quality of life things. So that's it. On that's it. On the other uh, armor set. The other topic that I wanted to talk a little bit about today was the possibility of a new class being added to Star Wars: The Old Republic. Now, let me just start from the beginning. I don't think there's going to be a new class, and and I'll sort of explain today. I think, some of the challenges in, in introducing a new class to the game. But I've, I've, I've read different places that people have... It's, I wouldn't call this a rumor. People have been sort of speculating that, hey, I haven't had a new class since the game was launched, and now might be a good time to do that, especially since with Knights of the Fallen Empire, they really did a lot of work to rebuild the game, You know, sort of rebaseline the game. And there, there's a lot of features that they added, that they hopefully don't want to have to spend time on this time around, and you know there might be room in the budget, so to speak, to design a class or two. And some people have said, "Well, maybe we'll get two classes." And and two of the one two of the ideas that have been bouncing around are one, maybe one class would be a, a scion, and the other possibility could be the cool Knight. I think both of them are kind of neat ideas. And just for for today's discussion, I'm going to focus on and say, what if they decide to introduce the zakul knight as a new class in knights of the eternal throne now one of the challenges and one of the things i've actually read uh, i've heard sort of dev comments on is one of their challenges that they feel with introducing a new class into the game of course is balance you know making sure however whatever roles they give it are, are are balanced with the other classes of course there will be a great deal of interest in in people wanting to play this class, so you'll just see an abundance of these. Um, but again, that's certainly not a, not a showstopper and not a reason to introduce a class to to the game. So let's just say, for the sake of argument, that balancing it out isn't really a problem. They they have they they and they build it with you know they give it two decent advanced classes and you know of course like most of the other classes it would be hybrid so maybe in the case of a cool knight i think tanking would be an obvious role and of course dps i suppose you could you could give it a healer spec as well although i'm not sure that i would quite picture as a cool knight as a healer i think it would be actually kind of a very neat class because it would be an opportunity to introduce maybe a shield uh, an actual shield that that you could wield, and of course the polearm saber. Those are just a couple of the weapons that we've seen Zakul knights wield throughout Knights of the Fallen Empire. I think some of them have been Force users and have powers similar to what you would see in an Inquisitor. Uh, you know, where they stand back and are kind of ranged, deal range damage with the abilities like Thundering Blast and and so forth. So. I think a lot of possibilities for a Zukool Knight to be certainly a melee DPS, ranged DPS, and even, and most certainly, a tank. But so let's just say they decide to do that; they're going to introduce the Zul'Qul Knight, and like the other classes, it's going to have its discipline trees, and it's going to have the two advanced classes that you you could choose from. So they they go ahead and they do all of that. I personally think that's the easy part of introducing a brand new class into the game. The hard part is <clears throat> incorporating it into the greater story that they're that they're that they're they're telling now and that they've told before. This is such a story oriented game and when you think about it you're going to create this character that is going to be a Zakul knight and guess what? You have to be the Outlander at some point, right? You, this character has to become the Outlander, and I'll get into that in just a minute. Um, just a couple other mechanical things. So, so that said, I think there's a cool knight's going to need to have a backstory, right? And I don't think it makes sense to have the class start out at level 1. I think you would start out at level 60 and have it go up to 65, and I think you would create its own introductory story. And much like Chapter 1 of Knights of the Fallen Empire, you would do it, set it up like a tutorial, and you'd give some of the abilities, and you'd sort of trickle them out as you, as you go along. But I don't think there's any way you could create a story that goes from 1 to 50, and I certainly don't think you could work that into the current class story structure, right, where you start on either Korriban or Tython and work your way up to the fleet and and go through all those those different planets. I don't see how they could possibly do that. Certainly not with a Zakuul Knight. I think any, any new class, that would be very difficult to do. So and, and, and it would be a little bit of a grind to start out at level 1. So you start out at level 60, you get to 65. It has its own introductory story, and I like the idea of it sort of maybe starting out on Zukul. right? Now, here's the thing, too. You don't want to limit it to be just humans, right? So you would want this Zekul knight to be any, maybe an all species. So that in itself is a little bit problematic, right? Because why would there be a Chiss or a Cathar or, or or any of these species on Zekul? Why would they be trained as a Zekul knight? So maybe part of the story is. You know, your your character starts as some sort of wanderer. Maybe you're an explorer, and you're out in deep space. And Valcorian senses you, or you're you're found by one of the uh, a ship from the Eternal Fleet. They 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 find your ship, and they mention you to Valcorian, and he senses something special about you, something powerful, and he has you brought before him, and you're taken to Sekul, and you're given this opportunity to train as a Zakuul knight and you, for whatever reason, you accept the offer. And I think that would actually work pretty well. That would at least uh, give a reason why why someone of a species that isn't human or isn't naturally from Zakuul might be able to be trained as a Zakuul knight. And it also leads into you, sets the foundation of you being something special right from the get-go. Now... And a couple other things about that that whole intro story. What would be cool, too, is I think it needs to be taken uh, taking place kind of in the past. Not too far in the past, maybe, but certainly before the events of Shadow of Revan. And the reason I say that is the Shadow of Revan is kind of this real launching point into the Knights of the Fallen Empire story and, of course, which leads us to the Knights of the Eternal Throne. That is sort of where they kind of... where everything sort of funneled, right? You had all these separate class stories. Even McKeb kind of had different storylines, not for the classes, but certainly for the Empire, certainly for the Republic, and then everything kind of funneled into Shadow of Revan, and I think that was really the launching point to the to the current story. So to that end, I think the events for this introductory story for the Zukul Knight, have to take place prior to the Shadow of Revan. And so there you are on Zukul, and you could have some fun with this too, right? And I think the introductory story is where you learn how to play the class. It's an opportunity to give you a companion or two. You'd want to, you'd want to get a couple of, of of starter companions. I think that would be awesome. And it'd be a good way to introduce you to some of these characters, such as Valkorion, or you would see a younger Senya. Maybe you'd see... Uh, Valen and you know Thexin and Arkan, uh, maybe as as I don't know how old they would have been, maybe teenagers, maybe a little bit younger. But you'd see that see them at a younger state, and maybe you'd even train as as a cool knight under under Senya. Although I think that would cause problems as you went through the Knights of the Fallen Empire storyline. But you you would kind of meet with these people for a little bit, and then maybe at the end of it you realize what Valcorian is planning. Maybe maybe you, you get some sense that, hey, he's planning something against the Empire and the Republic. And maybe there's some some bit of some event, something that you know makes you say, hey, you know what? This was a mistake. I don't want to be a Zakul Knight or I don't want to serve as a Zakuul knight and you know be a part of Valcorian's empire. And there might be and part of that story would involve you trying to leave and maybe you make a contact in the Empire, you make a contact in the Republic, and at the end of this storyline, you'd have to do a few things. One, you'd choose your advanced class, right? You'd walk out of there with a couple of companions, and two, you'd have to choose a faction. So you'd have to choose to align yourself with either the Republic or the Empire. And even though the Republic and the Empire seem mostly irrelevant with the with the current storyline, um, mechanically, logistically, we have to belong to a faction. There there's the fleets, there's certain planets you can go to, there's certain flashpoints that are republic oriented and empire oriented. So at some level, you have to belong to a faction here. So I think you would have to make a choice to be a fa- to 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 be part of one of these factions. And I think the other way would be sort of a, a a plot point where you decide, you know what? I'm done. I'm going to defect and then you choose which of these sides you wish to aid. And then your intro story ends, you're level 65, and and if you want to go back, I guess you could go back and they could open it up so you could play, say, Shadow of Revan or Knights of the Fallen Empire. But I think that this intro story has to end, as I said, prior to Shadow of Revan because, again, you just can't become a Zakuul Knight and start playing the Knights of the Eternal Throne storyline at least as a new class and be the outlander and be the hero it just doesn't work so you have to have that history behind you of aiding the republic or aiding the empire in some fashion in order to make this work at all so that way as you progress you have this history with lana and darth marr and all of these things and you can go even if you have the option to skip actually playing all that and jump right into the knights of the eternal throne the assumption would be that hey you are the Outlander, and so that's why I don't think we're going to get another class uh, in Knights of the Eternal Throne, or or at least maybe maybe we would. But that's but and the knight seems as good a good a choice as any. But when I think about the story complications of integrating this class into the current storyline, I think it's challenging. I think it's challenging. As I said, I I sort of outlined. Something that I think is doable, I think would actually be enjoyable, but even then, I I still think it's a little bit thin in some points to really say, hey, how could I have been a a knight as a cool and yet still gone back and been a staunch hero of the Republic, of the Empire, and go on to become the Outlander? But I wouldn't mind seeing a new class, certainly, and you know, hey, something that was wielding a shield and one of those lightsaber pole arms, I think would be a heck of a lot of fun. So. So we'll see. Maybe, 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 maybe it'll it'll happen. I I can't say for sure. We don't know. We'll know. We'll know more in a little bit in October. But that said, as always, I'm starting to hear that that little bit of music play. And so that can mean only one thing. You've managed to survive another half hour, give or take listening to episode four of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I am your host, Ted. And as always, I thank you for tuning in. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, and Buzzsprout. You can also listen to the show directly from the show site, which is currently SotorPodcast.com. And there is an RSS feed where you can subscribe to the podcast directly. If you have a question for the show, you can email me at SOTORpodcast at gmail.com. You can also tweet your questions to at SOTORpodcast. And be sure to follow us on Twitter to get the latest information on the podcast. So tune in next week for Episode 5, where I will go over the HK55 story. And remember the Sith code, "Cake is alive.